Hey, you. Yes, you. You're listening to Business SOS. Yep, Business Stories of Success, where we interview successful business owners for successful business owners. How do they make it happen? How do they keep it going? Join us with your host and business advisor, Mark Adams. Hello, hello, hello. You're with Mark Adams at Next Level Business Advisors. And today we're joined by Isabella Johnston. She is the owner of Employers for Change. And she, give me, correct me if I'm wrong, SaaS, Software as a Service for HR for Employers. Did I get it? Awesome, awesome. Yes, sir. Nice you got it right. You. Nice to have you. I'm going to just jump right into yeah, it. Thank you for being um, here. Awesome, awesome. So tell us a little bit about who you are and tell us a little bit about your company, Employers for Change. Okay. Well, my background is in honestly training and learning, but parallel to that, it's also in education. I started as an English uh, classroom teacher. And from there, I transitioned while well, I was doing that for 11 years and transitioned wow. into teaching as a professor in higher ed. And from there, I started my own business because I was launching it at the same time that I was teaching um, because teachers just don't make very much money. I know. <laughs> So Employers for Change was built out of customer feedback I received where my, my peers and my customers would ask me, hey, how are you getting so much out of intern talent? And can you teach me that? And I said, sure. And so I was able to start teaching it one-on-one. -on -one, and then one of my other friends said, well, can you scale that? And that's where the SaaS comes in, software as a service. And I went, I don't know. And he said, yeah, if you had a thousand employers come in and a thousand students seeking internships or apprenticeships, could you could you meet that demand? And I said, let me think about it. So I did. And that's where Employers for Change uh, came about. It was there to make it easy for employers of all sizes be able to get matched to like a dating site, if you will. Um, get matched to talent based on skills, based on culture fit, and based on preferences. We also have a little other secret sauce parts that go into that formula. Um, the algorithm makes it faster recruiting for the employers. It's more qualified candidates. And then we have assessment tools in there, onboarding documents, offer letters, decline letters, a lot of nice little perks, if you will. And then we also have development plans. So it's a individualized development plans. The, the best part is that it actually upskills the employer and also improves the organizational processes. So we've got like a trifecta there for employers. That's phenomenal. That's awesome. Let me ask you, how long has, has uh, this business been in existence at this point? Yeah, so that's a good question. So we did, um, I started in an accelerator back in the end of 2017, did some customer discovery for a good, I don't know, a good year and a half as we were testing out some pilots in different ways. Um, the platform has launched. We're still doing a paid now, a paid um, pilot with a select number of employers that come from different in industries and different sizes, getting their feedback, 
so we can take it in scale. So as a corporation, um, two years. Okay. Wow. That's pretty cool. Now, this sounds intriguing and powerful and can be very impactful for business owners. And it's cool because I believe that most of the people who listen to me regular, regularly are entrepreneurs and business owners. So if someone wanted to find you, how can they find you? Do you have a website, a contact number? How do we do that? We have all of those things. So <laughs> the first thing, if you're looking for me, look for me on LinkedIn. Um, and it's going to be Isabella Johnston, J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N. And I've got a black and white jacket on, just so you know, if you're trying cool. to find more than one. But the company website is www.e for employers, the number four, and this capital, well, we do caps because it's easier to see, honestly, c for change.tech, T-E-C-H. Really important to have the dot tech. There are yeah. some nonprofits out there, but they don't have the number four, and that's really how we differentiate. Okay, so it's e4c.tech. Did I get it right? You are you are so correct, Mark. Thank you so much. Beautiful. I mean, that's going to be awesome. And I, I think when people are looking for an intern, uh, if I have it correct, you're like you sound like the go-to person, the go-to company. <laughs> So that's so funny because I have a podcast also and it's called the intern whisperer. And so that's where I get that. Uh, that name has been coined. I like it. I like it. And I remember when we were chatting, you mentioned the fact that you have a podcast and, and um, why don't you just, because people always want to find good content, tell us a little bit about the podcast. Do you mind? Oh, not at all. I really appreciate you being so thoughtful and allowing me to just expand a little more. So the Intern Whisperer, we have thought leaders, we have futurists, we have HR professionals, and we have um, CEOs of companies. And we talk about how they got started in their career and some fun questions that are a little bit more deep and probing so they can know you on a personal level. But in the second half of the show, we always talk about the future of work. What is it going to look like in 2035, you know, good 10 plus years from now. Um, we want to make sure that we're being thoughtful about it and talking about ethics, like where, how far should we go in AR, VR, holograms, any type of AI, you know, consciousness of people and putting it into objects. Um, we do a lot of that in that second half of the show. And then um, we ask the guests to share their mentoring advice. At the very end, what's the best mentoring advice they want to share to, with our listeners? At the beginning of the show, I always share a weekly tip about HR, culture, diversity, inclusion, um, skills-based hiring, all types of questions that are out there in the world of organizational development and HR. I love it. That sounds really, really cool. Now I'm going to pivot a little bit and I'm going to ask you this question. You you touched on it a bit about how you started the, your business. What made you have the, I'm going to say courage, because I think it's always courageous to say, you know what, I'm going to make this into a full-fledged business. Yeah, that is not for the week. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. And when you're talking about a tech startup, it's entirely different from having a a consulting business where you can pivot a lot faster. Um, startups in the world of tech are supposed to be scalable. 
And that means that you're putting a lot more automations in there. You're making things faster, more convenient for people to use. It is cloud-based and it is accessible. So that's, you know, I, I decided, yeah, I'm going to jump into the pool. And being in several accelerators was a very good way to start because you can be in a safe space to test your theory if this is a good business model. You can go and do tons of customer discovery to make sure you're going to get a good product market fit and hopefully have early adoption where you can you know, get a lot of paying customers. Now myself, I am fundraising at this point in time in December, where we're kind of in this place of having a recession. Um, and I say kind of, because I'm not entirely sure because people really have money that they are investing in startups. Mm -hmm. And HR and future of work is like the hot thing right now. So right. I am very you know, encouraged that I'm gonna see uh, good results in my fundraising. The right. other reason, um, I've been bootstrapping. So I've been able to take money from my uh, consulting business and be able to invest that into here. And fun fact, I don't often share this, but like just about everything that people will see was created by intern talent with me and some of our my advisors that were the mentors. So whether it's graphic design or games or um, video content or video editing or podcast editing or just marketing, you know, pick anything. You can have students come in and work with you as interns. And we make sure that the employers are compliant with Department of Labor's seven criteria for unpaid internships with the National Association of College and Employers their um, competencies, and then just really, really high-level HR, right, um, I'll say compliance even there, but best practices so that cool. what you're providing is what is a real internship, not just here, do this. Free labor, right. You can just pay a person, yeah. And right. free labor is not free. It requires that you invest your time. And people. I concur. Absolutely. Absolutely. You use the term, yeah. and I hope you don't mind if, if we dig into it just a little bit. You talked about an accelerator. So I've interviewed a lot of folks. No one's talked about an accelerator. Can you explain what an accelerator is for our listeners? Yep. And I will even explain how it's different from an incubator. Okay. So an accelerator is a program that people apply to, and sometimes they're free. Uh, sometimes they may cost money to join, but it is there to help you learn some really, again, how to get product market fit, how to create that magic so that people adopt it really quickly and that you begin to make money. You're testing your concept that you have to see if people will pay money for it. There's something, I'll take one step backward even before going into an accelerator, there's a program that Techstars puts out and it's called Startup Weekend. It is global. You can go to any startup weekend that is happening in hopefully in your city. And in 54 hours, you learn how to take your concept to making money. It is intense. It is a whole weekend from a Friday at five o'clock till a Sunday at... 10 o'clock in the evening where you are about, you pitch your idea, you get a team, 
you go and you begin to strategize how you're going to take it to market. You do a lot of customer discovery all on that Saturday. You turn around and you take it, you build it, and then you see if people will pay for it. And I've seen people come back with having uh, made $500 in 54 hours just on a concept. That is some gem you just shared with us. Thank you for giving that to us. We appreciate yeah. that. That's awesome. And if you're, this is amazing. I had a, a uh, an employee of mine who actually did software development as well. And uh, he wanted to start out on his own. He was doing pretty okay. But that sounds like something that would he would just be phenomenal for him i'm gonna to have to tell him to listen to this podcast don't miss this one right because he might get something that can change his life that's yeah. thanks for sharing that thanks for sharing it i'm gonna pivot You're a little welcome. bit if you don't mind oh thank you i'm gonna pivot if you don't mind i mean the story yeah. of uh on our podcast is really talking about success and we chatted even before this obviously and i know that you have a lot of things that you have in the fire so i want to ask you your thoughts how do you define success Mm. Success is not just monetary for me. Success is, was I able to hire people? I'm very big. I'm very big in team uh, dynamics and I want a team. And I actually, I'm a Jesus girl. I prayed and said, you know, God, I really want to have a team of people with me that it, it helps fuel me to help provide for them, but I want us to do good. So my business is focused on um, helping to make people be their best self. And how we do that is a focus on cognitive skill development. Um, we use a multidimensional learning approach, and I'm going to break that down into simple, you know, people were complex. We're, you know, very hard to understand sometimes. We think we're like super huh. communicators and some of us might be, but not all of us for the most part. Um, you know, my goodness. Yeah. So it's really understanding the complexity of people and that you have to invest in your people. Um, I'm all but dissertation for a PhD in leadership with a specialization in human resource development. And the dissertation topic would Originally, it was going to be on servant leadership, but I've switched it over now to peer and reverse mentoring because it actually does accelerate cognitive skill development across multi-generational workers. So think about it for you, Mark. If you're working with a Gen Z and you know who's coming in right behind them in just a few years is Gen Alpha, they're going to, they've been born into this world of a fast paced technology that, you know, not all of us have experienced. We've seen technology you know, change our lives tremendously, but it's honestly something that we need each other. People are made for human relationship and interaction. So it's really important that we remember that we need to interact with each other, even though we're in a tech world. It's very important to also remember to communicate and communicate encompasses not only listening, verbal, written skills, but also visual. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're online, we can see each other and being able to pick up on body cues. That's really where you see more empathy is mm -hmm. uh, taking place. And that's where people grow across generations, across different cultures, different ethnicities, you know, different genders. I mean, we, we need each other and we need to remember that because technology is not 
the only answer. I agree. I agree. So that's cool. You mentioned that um, your initial thought as far as what you decide to find success is to be able to improve others. Did I get that right? Help others get a team yeah, together. Yeah, you did. Them out. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Provide jobs, contribute to an economy, our economy here in the United States. Nice, nice. So then the next question logically is, do you consider yourself successful? I do. I absolutely do. Um, I'm going to go back to make sure that I add on to something we talked about where we were talking about an accelerator. I didn't explain what a incubator is. And an incubator is a place where somebody can go and work at a very ridiculously reduced cost for having an office as you begin to grow. So what could be a $1,500 a month office in an incubator, which is usually hosted by schools, honestly, could cost $300. And that's really hard to find, but it does help you to grow your business until you get big enough. Then they say, okay, you got to go to a bigger place now because you're big. You're a big girl or a big boy, so to speak. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. So did you start, I mean, you said that you started with an accelerator. Did you also start with an incubator? Can you do both? You you can. You absolutely can. But many accelerators offer some co-working options. And so co-working in an ex, uh, accelerator means that I have a dedicated desk, maybe not an office, but okay. I might have a dedicated desk on site. I have access to conference rooms. I have a place to meet people. They have all kinds of other perks that they may have, like a podcast room, or they may have uh, food or beer on tap or just different Ooh. types of perks, <laughs> if you will. And they give you that complimentary for maybe three, maybe six months while you're there um, to help you get your roots established as a business. And then you can move to a paid incubator space where you're again paying maybe not the full price of a bigger office, but you have so many perks. Wow. So can I go backwards and go into one of those puppies? I wouldn't mind a place where they had bear on tap right now. I don't have anything like that. My office doesn't have it. Well, maybe I can install it. Ta- oh, never mind. I'm Not unless you bring it in, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you have um, to bring your own beer. <laughs> I, B- BYOB. That's that, that's not as fun. But anyway, um, I'm going to step back for one second and, and ask you, because we were ch- chatting about success and you said you're successful. And, and it makes sense. I mean, just in our conversations, that's obvious. Oh, I want to ask you, what are some of the things that you have done to make your business successful? But before you answer that, can we take a brief break sure do you know what it takes to be successful as a business owner there are five keys that every business owner has to master in order to be successful how do i know these keys well i used to say that i made them up but really i've learned these five keys in two ways my name is mark adams i'm the owner of next level business advisors and the host of the podcast business stories of success In the podcast, we discuss success with business owners from around the world. We talk about what it means to them, how they achieve it, and the single biggest quality or personality trait that's needed in order to be successful. As a profitability and growth business advisor, I work with business owners around the country to help them increase profit and or accelerate growth. 
Now I say or because some business owners aren't properly positioned to accelerate growth. In those cases, we actually focus on honing in on profitability. If you are a business owner and you're excited about improving your profit or accelerating your growth, feel free to download my free ebook, Mastering the Five Keys to Make Your Business Successful. It's found at my website, nlbusinessadvisors.com forward slash five keys. That's the number five keys. You can also subscribe to my podcast, Business Stories of Success. And if you're really ready to start accelerating your growth, feel free to schedule your free discovery call. We'll talk about where you are today, what your goals are, your challenges, your obstacles, and I can help you to hurdle some of the hurdles to your own business success. Join me at Next Level Business Advisors and schedule your appointment today. Okay, we're back. So what have you done, just to reiterate the question, what have you done to make your business successful? What are some of the things that you've done? I'm sure people want to learn. Yes. Well, some of the things that I've done, and it, it, it actually still pulls in on the previous question too, is to, you know, what do I think is success? Success is about impact. And impact can be within the organization, but it's also the customers that you serve. So I feel like success is measured in whatever that might be, whether it's a product or service and how it's creating uh, something that makes either somebody's life easier or it actually is, um, yeah, making the, the customer's life easier because we're all here to solve some type of a pain point, honestly. So when I'm looking at you know, what it is that I, I can do, I wanna make sure that me as a company and I'm the face of my company, that my people are also feeling fulfilled and that they can certainly contribute to something that's a greater cause. That I think is part of success, but then how I have been successful is I've had a lot of students that have worked with me, probably about close to 450, 500 students, um, about 100 per year that work with me or with our customers. And part of it is we do a uh, an exit survey. And the feedback that comes from that exit survey is a lot that is always telling me how I can improve, how I can be better, how the company can improve and be better, but also what we did right. And that is so rewarding. And uh, most of it, is always dealing about giving people time. And time is the one commodity you can't buy back. You can buy somebody else's time to give you more time, but you cannot go and get more time for yourself unless you're just paying somebody else to do things. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the, those two questions kind of tie together. I love it. I love it. And that, I've not heard of that one before. Uh, and I'm talking about when I say I haven't heard of it, I've interviewed a lot of owners who have different levels of success, but have has tied their success to having an exit survey. And that is really powerful. And I guess, especially mm-hmm. because you're in the HR world, you realize that. I remember when I worked at decades ago, Ernst & Young, they had, you know, like your exit interview. I uh, don't know how much they retained right. it, but yeah, that can make a big difference. And if you're a smaller business owner, then you're going to be a lot more, it sounds like, intimately involved in that exit process. And you really will learn how to fashion your business and change it to be more valuable to the people who work with you and for you going forward. I like that. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that tip. 
Well, you'll probably like, you'll, thank you, but you're probably like this because we should always stay in a place of being a continuous learner and making sure that continuous quality is, is occurring, right? For our customers. So I'm never afraid to go and ask them, okay, what can we do better that's going to make it easier for you or save you money or what, what can we do? And when you have it as a one-on-one -on -one conversation instead of a survey with, you know, a range of like a smiley face and a <laughs> sad face and then a neutral face, like we've right. had those as surveys, it, you can get an answer, but that's just a smiley face or, or, or something like that. When you have the conversation, there's other questions that come up and other responses that you might not have heard if you keep it to just that type of a, a tool of gathering information. I like that. And I, I always feel that way when I'm speaking to business owners and maybe they'll talk about something that went wrong with their own clients. And I say, well, why did that happen? Well, I think so-and-so and so-and-so. Well, did you ask them why? Like, did you get the answer? Or are you trying mm -hmm. to surmise? It's terrible. It, it's, it's as I won't say terrible, but it's a lot more inefficient or ineffective to surmise and guess why someone said what they said. Much better to ask them. You get the nuance. And so I like that. It's not, you know, yeah. and a lot of people will do that. They'll do a survey, you know, they'll create a form. They'll use some web form and it's, you know, on a scale of one to 10, you know, how much did you like? And you get a one to 10 and they say, you know, that's cute. That That's good for analysis and trying to figure out averages and scale maybe. But if you really want to know why they said a one or if they said why they said a 10, you might want to talk to them. I love it. I love it. And get to yeah. the truth. It's yeah. only going to make you better. And I can see why you would do that and how it's contributed to your success. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to ask you a different question. What's one big mistake you've made sure. in your business journey? Oh, um, taking on, not saying no. <laughs> there are many times that people should say no and don't try to wear all of the hats. Um, as a sole founder, it's just me. And I've had uh, a lot of talent that has worked with me, but they've been on a revolving door, so to speak. So right. even with intern talent, like I've had a lot of students stay with me for anywhere from six to nine months. And that's a really big deal because they may have been unpaid, but what they and they were they were in an unpaid internship with me. And I've tested lots of variables like how to make that a positive experience for the student and positive for me also because I focused on the other person in the case of what a servant leader will do then I made sure that they felt that they were getting great value they in turn gave me their very best and we we have built in a lot with a, a little bit of talent in this case now I do have a development company out of California that's working with me. So I'm anticipating this is going to be one of my first, my first co-founder that's coming in and he's going to be bringing a different level of, of dedication to this because now I don't have to worry about it. He's the expert and I can go and say, Hey, well, what do we need to do with this and this and, and trust his judgment to help grow a company. So success, going back to, again, what you were previously asking, success can look very, very different where you're beginning to feel weight come off of your shoulders. 
Mm. And you can have people around you that you trust and they're doing their very best. And they also have that same mindset of continuous improvement. Those are just, those are, I'm going to use your quote, golden nuggets that (laughs) truly matter a great deal. I like it. I like it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, What do you think is the single most important quality needed to be a successful owner? Oh, my favorite one is communication because I think it solves just about all problems. Communication is verbal. It's listening. It's also observation and it's written, but let's add one more thing in there. Um, Touch being, and I mean, appropriate workplace touch, being (laughs) able to give uh, somebody a hug or just let them know that you genuinely understand something they're going through is very powerful for your business. That'll give you good reviews on your, you know, anything from your employee's side. But if they're standing in the line at the grocery store, they're going to say good things about your business. So to me, the most important thing that anybody can do in business is communicate. And don't be afraid of communicating. I know I get afraid of it too, but honestly, what's the worst thing they can say is no or you know, never mind or bad words. Okay. Yeah. But at least it's out. Let that go. Yeah. At least it's out. Now I've heard it and we can move forward. I like it. I like it. I'm going to ask you a couple more questions if you don't mind. Uh, These are specific to advice you can give. What advice do you think you would give to a brand new business owner? Be patient. It doesn't happen overnight. Overnight success is like 10 years. Uh, it, it just doesn't. And just don't give up. You know, can listen to your customers. Um, make sure you're solving their problems. And the rest will fall into place. I like it. I like it. And that is something that is a challenge when you're starting out as, an, as a business owner, right? You want to get it right now. But I like that. Overnight success might take you yeah. 10 years, right? <laughs> so I like it. All right. So one final question. I said I was going to ask does. one more. Yeah, one more. I said I was going to ask one more. If you could go right back sure. before you started your business, what advice would you give yourself? <laughs> I'm going to go with what I was saying earlier. Um, don't start everything at the same time. So I have six six businesses. The consulting business is what has been able to feed the startup employers for change. Because I wanted to tie it into learning and have an academy, I launched an academy. The need and the desire for having on-demand, real-time, continuous individualized learning is just off the charts in the trends. So I knew that was going to be a big deal. I saw having, I was asked to start a podcast. And so I did at one of the schools. And so I did not know how much time this would end up taking. And then we use a game uh, on Steam and the podcast as lead generators to pull in our audience. So we have 
four parts to Employers for Change, the software platform, a learning academy, a podcast, and then a game on Steam to target game industry, game students, the podcast, you know, podcasters obviously like to listen to other people's podcasts and then just the masses themselves. Um, and then I have Cat5 Studios and Cat5 Studios created the game, has built the game for Employers for Change. It, it produces the podcast for Employers for Change. So all of these things are working. I have a team that's over there on that Cat5 Studios so that it kind of runs itself. And I just need to make sure that I'm, you know, showing up for our meetings and making sure that, you know, we have what we need as resources. Um, but this is like, it's not for the weak. You have got to, as advice, is you've got to make sure that you really understand your, your product and what your customers want. So, yeah, that would be what I would tell myself. I'd go back and say, um, build it in phases. Okay. I don't think you have to build it all at the same time. I hear you. I like that a piece of advice. And again, it's about steps, right? You can't get from the first floor yeah. to the top floor in one step. So that's good. That's a good piece of advice. Hey, I want to thank you so much for giving us some time today. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you continue your journey to success. Oh, thank you. Did you like that interview? Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Business SOS. And please drop a comment, like us and share. If you are a successful business owner and would like to be considered for an interview, visit us at businesssospodcast.com. Fill out our form and we'll reach out to you. Our next story of success will be in two weeks. Don't forget to tune in.